as we enter this new year, this new decade, we once again start the year by looking at the events that happened sometime after Jesus was born. We don't know exactly how long after Jesus was born because the Bible doesn't tell us that. Matthew actually is the only place in any of the Gospels that we see anything about the Magi or the Three Kings or the Wise Men. We don't know where Mary and Joseph and Jesus are living at this time. We know they're in Bethlehem, but are they still in that little stall with the animals? Or have they found someplace else to stay, perhaps somewhere indoors? We always portray them in the stable with the animals, but we don't know that. We just don't know a lot. We sometimes call them three kings. Some people call them astronomers, others just wise men. It's not from lack of trying, but Matthew tells us very little. We know they come from the east. There are so many people to the east of Bethlehem that want to claim that they are from their town or their country. There are fights over that very issue. Were there really three guys? We don't know that either. Luke doesn't tell us anything about these wise men and Matthew doesn't tell us how many if they traveled alone. Chances are they traveled in a part of a group and, and yes, there were probably women with them. We don't know if gold, frankincense, and myrrh is the only th gifts they brought. But you know the joke that if they had women with them, they probably brought more practical gifts. It's possible that there were three people People believe that because of the three gifts, but we just don't know. The question that I always ask is if these magi noticed the star, why didn't other people notice the star? Kathy's shaking her head, so I'm not the only one that asked that question. And how do you follow a star? I mean, I look at the stars all the time, and how do you follow a star? I mean, I see stars in the sky, but they don't appear to be directly over a place on the earth. I know there are people who say it's possible, but I don't understand it. So all of this begs the question, was it really a star or was it really a bright light? Something like the shepherds saw? Or was it this strange phenomenon of a star that was close to earth and just hung over the manger? Perhaps these magi were really people who studied the stars and they noticed the changes in the sky and, and they just noticed that this had never been there before. A new star that they just discovered, but maybe it wasn't brilliant. Maybe it wasn't amazingly bright. Perhaps they were just paying attention when others were doing their best to get things done. Perhaps people were so busy doing what they needed to do to get through an ordinary day that they didn't notice the extraordinary right in front of them. 
As much as I would like to think that Jesus' star shone like none other, brilliant and powerful and beautiful, that's not the way Jesus was, really, is it? Jesus didn't dazzle or overwhelm in his life, and he doesn't today. Jesus gently greets us and invites us into his presence. He quietly leads us. There are times that I say, God, could you just hit me over the head with the answer? What am I supposed to do? But I don't get that. I'd usually get a gentle voice or the hand of a friend or a simple nudge that says, I'm here and you know what to do. So I guess it's important to ask ourselves today, of all days, as we begin this new year, this new decade, what star have we chosen to follow? Do we seek the star that is bright and shining that can't be missed? Or do we choose that shooting star that blows, blazes momentarily and then burns out quickly? Or we do we choose that extraordinary star that is consistently there, always right where you expect it, always shining light in the darkness? The thing that we have to recognize about these magi is that they recognized the star and they recognized that it was something extraordinary and that it needed to be followed. How often do we shield our eyes from the obvious? We don't really want to see anything that might require us to do something out of the ordinary. If we would look toward the extraordinary life, things might be a little bit different. After the Magi saw, they didn't just acknowledge. They got up and they went. So often we notice something and we often intend to do something about it, but we plan on it tomorrow. And then tomorrow we get busy and we say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I had every intention of getting up on Saturday morning and putting away all of my Christmas decorations. It was what I was going to do. I got up, read a little, checked some emails, worked on my sermon a little, got busy, ran an errand, and I never got the Christmas decorations taken down. Well, I did take the wreath off the door, but that's all. But I told myself, well, tomorrow's epiphany. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll let you know how that goes. It's not enough for us to know that Jesus is there. The Magi knew. And they knew that they would probably find this Messiah that they were told about, but they couldn't just know they had to go. The same is required of us. We have to let go of the things of this world that prevent us from finding Christ. Jesus is there for those who seek him. But we need to get up. We need to take a risk. We need to not stand still. We need to go. 
Jesus told us that we had to take up our cross and follow. And that's pretty good assurance that the journey is not supposed to be easy. We certainly would love for it to be an easy thing to follow Christ. Wouldn't it be great if it were, if it were all roses and comfort? But that's never been the promise. We have to step out of our comfort and take a risk. And when we do, we have this amazing opportunity to find this child who knows us. Find this child who shows us a love like none other. Find this child who gives us a life of complete acceptance. I so often talk about Jesus being with us. But you know, it's a two-way street. We have to be willing to keep up with Jesus also. You know how when you go walking or running with someone, it's up to both of you to stay together, to stay in step with one another. This morning, on the way to church, we always listen to the morning gospel show on the radio. It just always sets the stage for me on Sunday morning. And well, as we were driving this morning, on comes Willie Nelson singing an old Baptist hymn that just jumped out at me. Where he leads me, I will follow. You know the hymn? Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. What a beautiful call to us. Not to sit and wait, but to stand and follow. Following isn't always easy. Look at the Magi. They discovered that their very lives were at risk for finding this Messiah. And not telling Herod was an even bigger risk. So they went home a different way so as to not be in danger. Herod knew about Jesus, but he stayed put and he tried to send others to get the job done for him. The priests and the scribes knew about Jesus. They told Herod and the Magi what the scripture had told them about seeking Jesus, but they stayed put. It was the Magi who saw and stepped out and sought Jesus. And then the Magi brought gifts. When I think about what Jesus could have needed, the gifts the Magi bring are not the most practical. The gifts represent gold showing the great value of a king. Frankincense representing divinity and myrrh foretelling his death. We can understand the gifts the Magi brought, but what does it mean for us today? It's easy as followers of Christ to think that we have no gift that could possibly be important to Christ. 
I've heard it said that the gospel becomes real when the journey of life ends in giving. Let me say that again. The gospel becomes real when the journey of life ends in giving. The fact that the Magi gave these gifts to Jesus without expecting anything in return was the sign that they had found the Messiah. What do we have to give that could be anywhere as valuable to Christ? Well, I believe that it is the most valuable gift that we were given, and that's love. Not to love those who love us. Matthew tells us in the fifth chapter that that's easy to love people who love you. When you love someone that's a stranger, or when you love someone who's difficult to love, or when you love those who are in need of love, that is a gift. The song I sang a few moments ago have a few other verses. It says, I'll go with you through the garden. It says, I'll go with you through the judgment. And it says that he will give me grace and glory. What a beautiful, simple song that says what I hope your New Year's will bring to you. That you see the star of Christ and follow that star and give yourself over to the Messiah who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Wherever he leads, may you follow. Amen and amen.